Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Graham Ledger, and this is a special edition of The Ledger Report. First thing we'll do, we'll end catch and release. We'll pass it right on the floor. On the very first day, what we're going to do so you can see it, we're going to recall the 87,000 IRS agents. We shouldn't be here to look to go after you. We should be here to support you. What we're going to do is make us energy independent. Open up those leases. Let America unshackle what we have best. And what we'll do is that'll lower the gasoline price. It'll lower inflation in the process. We'll end catch and release. We'll bring in, you can have e-verify. You can make sure on the welfare reform that you go through that you have to have citizenship in the process and provide the resources so you have the border agents and finish the infrastructure along the border so it's secure. That's the very first thing you should be able to do. Stop tape. So uh, I just want to know, I want to ask Kevin McCarthy, uh, where's your magic wand to get all this done exactly? Uh, It's not going to happen. Listen, I'm not a doom and gloomer, uh, but I'm a realist. And to come here and, and on national television, and say, hey, we're going to do all this, we're going to do all that, we're going to get this done. You're not going to get very much done. The stock market loves gridlock, by the way. So if the Republicans happen to back in to leadership in the House of Representatives, I doubt it's going to happen in the Senate, but if it happens in the House of Representatives, stock market's going to love it. It's going to slow down Joe Biden. But the problem is, Kevin McCarthy, and you know this, the problem is the swamp. It's not even so much the elected officials anymore, but the elected officials have allowed the swamp to grow out of control. Kevin McCarthy, I'll talk about the border in a moment, but I want to talk about the debt because that's what he should be talking about. He should be talking about the national debt. The border is huge, and there are some simple solutions that are hard to attain, that we can do to fix the situation. And it, by the way, it directly affects our balloting process, and I'll get into that in just a moment. But I also want to give you some personal feedback about this natural disaster. Not man-made, natural disaster that took place in Florida recently called Hurricane Ian. Some first-hand experience. But I also want to remind you that this program is brought to you by MyPillow and MyStore. What's MyStore, Graham? In case you haven't known, for a while now, uh, Mike Lindell has created a website called MyStore that is pro-America, that is only American products. So go there and search around. He's got his own coffee on there, by the way. Uh, My Coffee. So my pillow for all your needs coming up 
into winter here and approaching Christmas, and my store for all your other needs. Um, if you put in the Ledger promo code, the promo code Ledger, you'll get up to 60-something percent off. I forget the number, 66% off, I think. Don't hold me to it, but it's a, it's a good percentage off. So put in the Ledger promo code, promo code Ledger on both of these sites. I also want to remind you, uh, Relief Factor. Let me tell you, post-hurricane, I have been taking Relief Factor. I have a chronic bad back, among other ailments that you don't need to know about. Uh, but it's just pain, you know, as you get older. Of course, my bad back uh, happened when I was 21 years old, when I was trying to lift an engine. I was using a lift, I was using a mechanical lift, but I was also lifting, because when you're 21, you're stupid. And I lifted improperly, trying to get my uh, six-cylinder, straight six, out of my 240Z, 1973. God, I wish I still had that car. This, the, the early Zs were all engine. And I mean all engine. There were no accoutrements whatsoever in the uh, cockpit area. And, the, and the, the rear was almost non-existent. You could fit a couple of bags of groceries in a 73 Basically, the 70 through, I think, the 74. I think the 74 was the 260Z, which nobody really wanted, but I would, I would kill for that right now. Nobody back when I bought my 240Z, the 73, nobody wanted the 260Z because it had some sort of, I can't remember the problem. And then they went to 280, and then they messed up the entire body. And I don't even know what it looks like now. It looks like a mushroom. So I hurt my back when I was 21, so it's chronic. But I mitigate it uh, with exercise and stretching, but also I take Relief Factor. If you go to uh, relieffactor.com forward slash ledger, but the better way is just to call and use this phone number. So get your pencils and pens, 833-425-7246, 833-425-7246. That's for Relief Factor. And I have been taking Relief Factor a lot lately, along with my other vitamin supplements. This is a completely homeopathic uh, remedy to help alleviate pain in various parts uh, of your body. I also, I always want to hear from you. I don't check my email as regularly as I should, but if you send me an email, GrahamLedger411, G-R-A-H-A-M-L-E-D-G-E-R 411 at Gmail. Don't crucify me for the Gmail, okay? It's a leftover. I rarely use it, but I'm using it for you because it exists and it's a Gmail. And the people who want to destroy me uh, can pound it all they want, and I don't really care about it, but I care about you and what you have to say. So I always want to hear from you, especially on this Kevin McCarthy stuff. And listen, it's nothing personal about Kevin McCarthy. It's nothing more than I know he is drunk on power. He's higher than a kite right now, the fact that he might become Speaker of the House. It's something he's always wanted. Remember when... Paul Ryan was about to take over as Speaker of the House. It was Kevin McCarthy fighting with him. Well, they made a backroom deal. Hey, you know, Kevin will put you in a position of power, and then the next go-around, wink, wink, you'll become Speaker of the House after Nancy Pelosi finally uh, gets kicked out. And so that was the backroom deal, and now he's salivating. He's salivating over his power. He doesn't care about permanent solutions in Washington, D.C. He cares about his power, and it's going to be his turn, just like it was... Paul Ryan's turn, just like it was Nancy Pelosi's turn. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. It is part of the swamp, yes, but there is a solution to that as well, and hopefully I'll get to that uh, solution. But the debt, 
not saying the border is not important, the debt, just crossed $31 trillion. Now these are mind-boggling numbers, except that you should remember, if I have my numbers correct, and you can check me on this, when Barack Obama was sworn into office, remember this was 2009, not that long ago, the national debt was somewhere around $10 trillion. When he left office, it was somewhere around $20 trillion. And during the Trump years, yes, trillions of dollars were, were added. But when Biden took office, and some of this was what I hate to say is basically automatic spending, if you will. And some of that debt, by the way, was the ridiculous response by the federal government to COVID. The response to COVID should have been nothing. What? Graham Ledger, you're saying that the response to COVID by the federal government should have been nothing? Yeah, it should have been nothing. Why? Because we know, and I knew back then, looking at the early numbers, that it was nothing worse than the common flu. And we know that now more than ever, okay? So, what should the federal government's response be to a simple virus? Nada! Instead, we spent trillions of dollars that we don't have. So it added, catapulted the national debt. I think when Joe Biden took office, the national debt was somewhere around $27 trillion. Well, in January of 2022, January of this year, we hit $30 trillion. And here it is now, I'm going to timestamp this program. Here it is now, early October, and we just hit $31 trillion. So think about that deficit spending ratio and that deficit spending path that we're on. We added another trillion dollars in, what, eight months? Oh, but we had to, right? We had to build back better. Or we had to spend money on COVID relief. Or we had to spend all this money on Ukraine. $31 trillion. Now, I want to try and put this in perspective. Not so much how much you owe per household. I don't know. It's like $4,000 per household. And it's all phony money, right? It's all just kind of floating out there. No one can really believe that you would ever have to pay the piper of $4,000 per household or something like that. But you should care about this because your government could go bankrupt because of this. It could go bankrupt because of the debt service on $31 trillion. So, this ties directly to the Federal Reserve. It ties directly to interest rates. And how the Federal Reserve and the Federal Government, the money policy people, work hand in glove. Policy and monetary. The Federal Reserve cannot raise interest rates to the level that they should be because if it does, then we will probably default on our debt. Now think about this. $30 trillion in January, interest rates were effectively somewhere between 0 and 1%. So the national debt, the debt service on the national debt is for somewhere between three and four hundred billion dollars. Somewhere between three and four hundred billion dollars is the debt service on the national debt 
during the fiscal year at 1% interest rate, okay? But we're not at 1% interest rate anymore. We're triple that and potentially headed higher. So if at 1% or less, by the way, is 400, if you run the numbers with the current interest rate of somewhere, I'm, I'm using a low figure, a low ball figure of 3%, the debt service has tripled, more or less, to 900 trillion, excuse me, 900 billion dollars, 900 billion dollars. Again, that is a low ball number. So you, you're effectively saying that the, the, the debt, the interest on the debt per annum, per year in this country, is now somewhere close to, based on the current interest rates, which are projected to go higher by many so-called experts, the interest on the debt is close to $1 trillion. Now, that is somewhere in the neighborhood. It's hard to figure out what the budget is anymore because they blow past the budget all the time. And this is why the debt ceiling is so important and why the debt ceiling should never, ever, ever be raised. No more than the credit limit on your credit card should be raised when you're in massive debt. So if the debt service per annum now based on the current interest rates is $1 trillion and the current budgets in Washington, D.C. are around $4 trillion. Our debt service is now one quarter what the budget is. Now remember, Washington, D.C. is deficit spending all year long. And we take in, I don't know, last I checked, uh, through various means, including the IRS, which the IRS is the, is the largest chunk of the so-called income to the federal government, somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a half trillion dollars, maybe a little bit more depending on if it's a good year for the federal government or not. If they rain down on Americans and, and catapult their tyranny on certain Americans so they can steal more of their money. That is not sustainable, ladies and gentlemen. But let me go back to my point about the Federal Reserve not being able to raise rates. You, you see where I'm going here, right? What if the rates go to where they should be? Now, where should they be? Well, if you look at every situation where inflation existed and monetary policy knocked it down, in the history of, more or less, the Federal Reserve and when there has been inflation, the Federal Reserve has had to raise rates at or above the rate of inflation. Now, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So here we are, what if we're chugging along at 8% inflation, yet our interest rates are down here at 3%. So what would happen if the Federal Reserve actually does its job? And I'll get to the future of the Federal Reserve in just a moment. Well, they would have to more than double interest rates. Interest rates, I'm talking the, the Fed rate, by the way, not necessarily what lenders are lending. Lenders always have a premium. So if the Fed rate, let's say, just goes to six, that's not even 8%, it's too shy. Okay, I went to San Diego State, it's hard for me to do the math, but there you are, I know it's 2% shy, 6%. 
and we're talking already debt service annually a trillion dollars. Now we're talking debt service of two trillion dollars. And I do not believe somewhere in this magical land, this magical fiscal land, Milton Friedman, of one trillion in debt service and two trillion in debt service is default. The federal government can not have 50%, can't be paying 50% of its budget on interest. It's not going to work. The numbers do not pencil out. So this is why I say Kevin McCarthy should be going on national television talking about the national debt. So what is the solution? Well, the solution is, now, this is my manifesto for Kevin McCarthy. I put it out there months ago. I said, why don't you go bold? He's got his old wishy-washy plan, which you just heard him talking about. And we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and nothing is permanent, Kevin. Everything you're talking about is malleable. It'll be undone by the next Congress that's Democrat, or undone by the, the Joe Biden administration internally through the swamp. None of it has any teeth. None of it is a permanent solution. You know what is a permanent solution? Why don't you go on Fox TV and say we're going to eliminate the Fed? What? Yeah, eliminate the Fed. Why do you need the Federal Reserve exactly, given our situation? The Federal Reserve has put us in this inflationary situation in this country. Why? Very simple. Flooding the economy with my... I'm on record way back in 2014 doing my program, talking about how quantitative easing, flooding our society with dollars, printing money, printing dollars, is going to eventually lead to inflation. And here we are. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a soothsayer. It's just simple economics, Milton Friedman. Simple economics. And by the way, Milton Friedman would say, and he's correct, there is only one cause and one cause only of inflation. It's government, a.k.a. the Fed in this case, a.k.a. the federal government spending money it doesn't have. And we all know deficit spending is going to exacerbate any inflationary problems, even though you have these ding-dongs in Washington, D.C. and enough millions of ding-dongs across the land of ours that actually believe this nonsense, that somehow government spending is going to stop inflation. It's nonsense. It's utter nonsense and it's economic illiteracy. So the Federal Reserve created this problem by printing money, yes, but also pounding down interest rates. Remember, it was right around the uh, crash of housing in the housing market in 2008, 2009. They lowered interest rates to the rock bottom, and they, there they basically stayed. Yeah, they fluctuated a little bit, not much. You know, half a point here, half a point there. They got as high as a 1%. They've been artificially low for 15 plus years. So you have artificially low interest rates, which is basically easy money. And then you have printing money, which is flooding our society with dollars. And voila, we are paying the piper right now. And of course, you throw in COVID, the government response to COVID, a simple virus, screwing up supply chains, costing everybody more to do simple things, and you have a government-induced economic calamity, which we are living through right now.
So, eliminate the Fed, Kevin McCarthy. How about this by going bold? Term limits. A term limit amendment to the United States Constitution for all federal workers. All federal workers. That's an elected official in Congress. I say one and you're done. Some people want two terms. Some people want three. I wouldn't go any more than three. I'd say two at the most. One and you're done. I like. In Congress and in the Senate, you know, in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. Maybe even one and you're done for the President of the United States. Something to consider. Right? Something to really consider. So this amendment to the Constitution would term limits for Congress, but also term limits for all federal employees. All federal employees, Graham? Yes, all federal employees. Now, contractors are different. If you're a contractor, Lockheed Martin, you have your own employees, that's not the role of the federal government. That doesn't involve federal employees directly. So it's up to private employers to do their thing. Okay, but if we have term limits for the FBI, say you can serve three years and then you're out of there. And by the way, no bouncing around from agency to agency. Not, you know, three years in the FBI, three years in the CIA, three years in the NSA. No, 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 no. It's three years in the federal government as a non-elected official. That's it. You're done. Something around there. It's all negotiable. I'll, I'll let you negotiate this. But Kevin McCarthy, this is a bold solution. An amendment to the Constitution that would term limit yourself. Could you ever even utter that on national television? And how about this? How about a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution? So you morons in Washington, D.C. don't keep overspending and putting us in this position of $31 trillion and counting in national debt. And, and, and how about this as a little icing on the cake, Kevin McCarthy? How about a, con a constitutional amendment that would repeal the 16th Amendment? Oh, you know, he'll hear, hear him saying, we're going uh, to uh, pull back on these uh, tens of thousands of new IRS agents. How about you take a proverbial stick of dynamite to the IRS, you light the fuse, you put on the ground, and you run away, and you never see the IRS again. Hmm? Oh, but Graham, how's the federal government going to work? Well, before 1913, the federal government functioned just fine without the IRS. Just fine. And there are ways to continue to fund the federal government. By the way, that would necessarily shrink the swamp, because, yeah, Federal income is going to drop. It would cut immediately, unless they found a replacement. It would cut in half the income to the federal government, at least. Like I said, I think the income by IRS is somewhere around 50-60% of the entire federal budget. So be it. Oh well. Those free lunch programs, Department of Education, poof, gone. Department of Energy, poof. Gone. Department of Transportation, poof, gone. On and on and on and on. Repeal the 16th Amendment, Kevin McCarthy. Give it a shot. Everything you're talking about is temporary. And that brings me to the border. The border is an attack on you, ladies and gentlemen. It's an attack on your life, your sovereignty, your effort for peace and prosperity in the former land of milk and honey. And you should be mad about it. 
So mad you want to go down there and secure that damn border yourself. Now, I've talked about this before. I'm willing to go down armed and help secure that border. And so you have these governors of these blue states like Pritzker of Illinois sending a few National Guard troops down from Illinois to help the, quote, humanitarian crisis. Listen, listen to me. I have lived at the border for most of my adult life. I have studied the border for a large chunk of my adult life. This is not a humanitarian problem for, quote, those people violating our sovereignty. It's a humanitarian problem for you and me. It's our humanity that's being violated. They are making a conscious effort, just like you make a conscious effort to sin, to commit a sin. Christ said it's a binary choice. You follow Christianity or you do not. There is no in-between. Same thing at the border. You either stay in your country or you do not. You are violating our sovereignty. The humanitarian crisis is me, Pritzker, me and my lifestyle. So what are they going to do? They're going to try and intercede with drugs. This is, this is the greatest sleight of hand I've ever seen. That these governors like Abbott try and make it about humanitarian, of, 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 of trafficking women and children. It's a small, small percentage of the invading army at our border. Call it what it is. They are illegal aliens. They're not even immigrants. They're not here necessarily to even work. If you call them an illegal immigrant, you're assuming they're going to work. I see no evidence of that. I see evidence they're bringing diseases across. Why is TB making a comeback? Why all of a sudden are we worrying about TB in our schools? There's only one reason, ladies and gentlemen. One reason. Because of illegal aliens. And so I'm willing to take up arms... But the, the interesting thing about this move by Pritzker and a couple other governors to help ostensibly with the humanitarian crisis is that that, to me, is part of the solution, believe it or not. I believe control of the border needs to be ceded to the United States Army and the United States Air Force in conjunction with the National Guard as controlled by governors. And if governors want to participate in securing the border, like Pritzker, fine. But they're under the control of the United States Army, whose mission is going to be domestically, yes, domestically, because this is an invasion, the United States Army will patrol and facilitate the closure and the security of our southern border. That's my solution, Kevin McCarthy. You got a better one? And I would take it out of the hands of the, of the executive office as, as much as possible. By the way, part of my solution package is eliminate, and, and this is another constitutional amendment, where executive orders are illegal. I don't believe in executive orders. I don't believe that the chief executive, as designed by the framers of this constitution, was meant to be given that much power. The power, effectively, of formulating law in the Oval Office. We saw Barack Obama do it. We've seen Joe Biden do it. Yes, it would handicap Republican presidents. I do not care. Their job, the president's job, is to 
faithfully execute laws passed by Congress. Not create law in the Oval Office. Which brings me to the, an offshoot of this invasion at the border. Election reform. This is another one that Kevin McCarthy, he's just afraid. It's the third rail for him because he doesn't want to be labeled as a kook. Our election system is in critical condition. The framers of our Constitution wanted the states, in particular the state legislatures, to be in charge of elections. And it's a fine plan until today. And today, we have legislatures that are either in Democrat control, that are advancing cheating, or in Republican control, that are not doing their job to stop the cheating that's going on among the Democrats in these different counties and precincts. So, because the framers could have never anticipated electronic voting, a constitutional amendment that would affect all 50 states and how they ballot. And the number one at the top of the list is voter ID. And that would mean, by the way, that you necessarily vote in person. And you would vote in person on a singular election day. And if you can't get there on election day, sorry, you can't vote. You're disenfranchised, they like to say. If you can't figure, you know, some people have called for a national holiday to vote. I'm not big on that. I, I don't think it's necessary. I think if you're a big boy or girl, you can figure out how to vote and you can get your person down there to vote. And if there's a long line, so be it. And at eight o'clock local time, if you're in the line, bam, you get to vote. And if you're not in the line, guess what? You don't get to vote. It's just like eighth grade. You know, when you had a deadline to turn in a term paper, and if you didn't hit the deadline, you got an F. That's the way it is. Or at least that's the way it used to be. Nowadays, they probably give you leniency, especially if you're the right skin color. So at eight o'clock local time, bam, end of the line, you're in. That's why they call it a deadline, by the way. Did you know that? I think this dates back to the Roman years. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you will at gramledger411 at gmail. But I believe it was the Roman era where everybody had to line up. And, and if you didn't line up in time, you were killed. Deadline. Something like that. And so we need a deadline in voting. And if you want to vote absentee by mail, you can but you must get it notarized. Okay, that's all. Just get it notarized. Kind of a simple solution to the problem of who the heck is sending in this ballot. Oh, Graham Ledger, yes, you got a sign here, it's gotta be notarized. It costs you, what, I don't know, what does it cost to notarize? But that's life, that's your choice. No vouchers for notary. You either get your butt in, I would make one exception, and that is to military overseas, and that's it. We, we don't have to have them notarized, but there might be another system we can put in place there where you know, Sergeant, Pot, or Sergeant Carter stamps his approval of, of Gomer Pyle, you know, kind of thing. I don't know, something like that. But the bottom, that's a very minuscule amount of votes. They're important votes. All votes are important. But it's, it's a small chunk, okay? You're talking tens of thousands at the most. Um, so, uh, so if you want to vote by mail, it's got to be notarized. And, and the final, uh, nail in the coffin to cheating would be paper ballots and that these electronic machines shall not be used, period. Paper ballots. 
And if you want to do one more uh, thing like they do in the Middle East, they dip your finger in the, the red ink, you want to do that, it's fine with me. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever it takes. You know, instead of those little I voted uh, stickers, it's your finger in ink and then you can't vote again. Oh, what a... Now, wow, what a concept, right? Because you can easily pull that little sticker off and stand in line again and vote, but if your finger is red for like a week, remember iodine or mercurochrome, remember that? When you were a kid in my era, you scrape your knee, your grandmother would pull out this red, this bottle of red stuff and she would put it on a sting like hell and it turned your, your skin red, but it killed, you know, everything around it. <laughs> Mercurochrome, wasn't that what it was called? Um, and of course, you know, that's probably highly illegal now, along with DDT. Um, so th these are simple solutions, but they're bold, Kevin McCarthy. One final thing, the hurricane. Uh, a lot of you know that I, I uh, left, um, like General Patton would, the tyrannical state of California and moved somewhere in Florida. I'm not going to tell you where because there are cuckoo nuts out there. But I will tell you that I was in the path of Hurricane Ian uh, pretty close to the, the eye. In fact, you know, if you're in the eye, at least you get a respite for a couple of hours and the eye is passing over you. We didn't get a respite from where I am. And we were battered by 110 mile an hour winds and, and God bless the, the way they build houses now in Florida because the home uh, I'm in is solid as a rock. And I got these impact windows, didn't even put shutters up. And um, yeah, it was, you know, it was intimidating to sit there for 12 hours and get pounded by wind and rain and see your swimming pool fill up and have to run out there and drain it and see the, the drains out in the neighborhood filling up and having to go out there like, uh, like Helen Keller in a, in a china shop, you know, trying to figure out you know, where the drain is and get your rake in there and then the leaves and the... Uh, but I'll tell you what, compared to earthquake, which I've been through in 1989, the major earthquake, 7.1 in the Bay Area, I was at the epicenter of that. So I've been two major <laughs> uh, acts of God at the epicenters. Um, uh, and the wildfires, which I've been evacuated now, I think, three times for wildfires in Southern California and flooding uh, in Southern California. Uh, the hurricane, you know, God bless the people in Fort Myers, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to help uh, where we can. Um, but the hurricane ain't nothing compared to it, a 7.1. Uh, I would rather... Here's, here's the way I look at this, just so you have perspective. I got inundated by, um, by people in California. Are you, are you okay? What's going on? Is the hurricane and blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to everybody who texted me, but I know that X amount were hoping I would say, Oh, I hate it here. It's terrible. I'm going to move back to California. It ain't going to happen. And I'll tell you why. Because I would rather be wiped out by a natural disaster, aka a hurricane, and live free than live like a slave under a tyrannical government and a tyrannical way of life in California any day. I'm living free 
you people in California are living under tyrants. And I've said to this, this to you before, and I'll say it again. You need to get out, you patriots, out of California and pull your tax dollars out because you are feeding the beast. That's what I did. Okay, I put my money where my mouth was, and it ain't easy. And for those of you who say you're staying behind to fight the battle, BS. What is your game plan? Hmm? Electing good people? You're outnumbered four to one. It's not going to happen in your lifetime. And oh, by the way, then you'd also have to take back the schools, which are firmly ensconced by Marxist radicals. It is a generational change that has happened in California, and I've lived to see it. I was part of it, dating back to the 70s, when they removed under God from the Pledge of Allegiance in the 70s. And so the schools became the incubators of the Marxists of today who are voting more Marxists in. California has just become, among other things, including a sanctuary so-called for illegals, a sanctuary for trans children or children who want to become trans. Now think about it. That's an attack on all children in this country because effectively they're going to give shelter in California to some kid in Iowa who got inundated by some corrupt thinking online, travels to the once golden state, says, I want to become a boy, even though she's a girl, or he's a boy and wants to become a girl. And the state of California will shield this child from his... That is disgusting. California needs to be stopped. And for every minute, you Californians, you patriots who are Californians, every minute you continue to feed the beast and give your tax dollars to this kind of attack on the rest of the country, you are aiding and abetting the problem. You are the problem, and you need to get out and go to a red state and bolster that red state. This is what General Patton would do. This is what I did. This is what tens of thousands of Americans are doing, and you need to do it too. And Kevin McCarthy, there's no hope for you. And by the way, Kevin McCarthy is out of California. <laughs> there's really no hope because, unfortunately, Kevin McCarthy cares more about his power structure than he does the freedom and liberty of you and me. So this is your debt that we've talked about, your border that we've talked about, and your state. This is the current state of the United States, the current state of certain states. It takes bold leadership and bold ideas to put this republic back on the constitutional rails. And unfortunately, Kevin McCarthy is not the dude to do it. But there is a guy somewhere in southeast Florida who can help put this country back on the constitutional rails. I'm Graham Ledger. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. And evil can only prevail when good is silent.